on the long-awaited return of the Bet the Process podcast, Rufus Peabody and I have a long, meandering, I guess, post-analysis of all of the Calcutta's we've done. We interrupt each other a fair amount, mostly me talking over Rufus. And at the end, you get to hear a fascinating gambling story where Rufus and I are in Vegas together at a craps table. So with that, let's start the process. Bet the process. Bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to. The long-awaited, after a long hiatus, Bet the Process podcast. We were trying to see if anyone actually cared whether we podcasted on a regular basis or not. And you know what we found? Nobody really does. But anyways, we thought we'd do a podcast tonight. You know, I mean, people were like, is Bet the Process dead? I saw that in, in the Slack channel. What Slack channel? The, 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 um, the betting talk. Like yeah, that. yeah. Oh, I thought they hated us in that Slack channel. Probably. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not one person. Always, it's mostly just you're always a dick to that to the right angle sports guy. What's his name again? Ed? Ed, yeah, Ed. Ed? Wait, I'm a dick to Ed? Well, you think all touts suck, and you always say that, and Ed takes issue with that. I never call out Ed specifically or anything. And obviously, <laughs> No, I mean, but you say I, all touts, Ed is a very right? smart guy, and he's, yeah. Have you met Ed? I have not. Have you? Not in person. No, but how do you know he's a very smart guy? Um, from interactions with him. So on electronic interactions. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that is an Ed and, and that's someone who's... That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. how do you know that's even Ed? All right. So let's let's start with the Calcutta. All right. We've done a bunch of Calcuttas. We've become Bet the Calcutta. No longer a podcast, just a Calcutta group of people um you have done three golf calcuttas this is correct i know where we're going here how has your return been in those three uh zero for three in terms of winning calcuttas and let's see i think my return last time was like negative 60 percent i don't know what was the time before that Basically, I'm hovering around like negative 50% to negative 60% mark, I think, overall. So like it, from a ROI standpoint, do you consider that like a good ROI, a bad ROI, like a mediocre ROI? Well, Jeff, it, it's all relative. You know, it's uh, it, it's better than a negative 100% ROI. It's, and I could have you John ever Rom go to below a negative 100% ROI? No. <laughs> I like that you had to think about that. I was, I was trying to figure out where you were going with this joke. There wasn't a joke. I'm, okay. just, I'm just curious about it, about how it could, how anything could be worse than hundred percent, a negative hundred percent ROI. Um, so, I mean, like, do you think, I mean, what's your overall, like, I know that you are constantly suggesting tweaks to the Calcutta format. Well, that's because I, I, I think I love games. And so I like, but the problem is like Rufus, so you, you have, not even come close to mastering this game, right? Well, and I, uh, hold on. I mean, is there what does mastering mean? Are you saying 
not even coming close to having the best model is, is no, but that's the, the point. The point is, the point is the Calcutta is not just about having a good model, no, right? It's, it's, it's about, about the, bidding. the bidding. It's about the, the, the gamesmanship, you know, like getting people to overbid their yep. prices, like knowing, like there's a whole thing to it. Right. And so like, I think I was there too. Well, but I, I think you kind of underestimate especially within the golf models, which we're, which it seems like we have some, like the, I agree with you for some of the NFL stuff that we did and even the NCAA stuff, there was a pretty fairly common, you know, like the prices were all fairly efficient. Yeah. It was was easy to reverse and it was easy to sort of impute market. But golf is, I don't think golf is that way. There's enough difference in opinions and difference in models at a base And then if you add in the idea of like game theory around bidding or around strategies around bidding, it's, there's a lot of strategy in it. And, you know, I'm obviously saying this because I've done well in all three. So I'm trying to like pat myself on the back, but. And you deserve it. I do think that the, what's that? You deserve it. You deserve a pat on the back. I don't. Well well, well done. Well done. It's not even my model. I'm proud of you. I'm just trading other people. I'm I'm proud of Will. Yeah, Will's great. No, Will is great. But we we had a whole conversation in Vegas, and we had like a wonderful Vegas trip. We could probably recap that and and uh, and talk about that after after the how you still owe me money for Vegas. You owe me four hundred dollars on the craps table, also. What? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I do. You're right. You texted me, so I have that memory. That's why I was like, I need to text this to you, otherwise I'm gonna forget. Rufus and I are at a craps table at probably what. 5 a.m. on Sunday morning. I have a flight in three and a half hours. We just got out of uh, um, excess where we saw chain smokers, like in probably what was like the most crowded thing I've been in in like 18 months. And we're playing craps. Uh, let's talk about how I had won the features bet the night earlier, which was, were you there for that? The features bet? That was the all tall, the all small, and the all. Do you remember the? No, no, that was right before I got there. I I heard about that. That was like a crowning moment of terrible gambling that ended up well. Um, So, anyway, so yeah, go ahead. Can we we take this back to the Calcutta real quick, though? Sure, absolutely. Because I was interested in that. Like, because, okay, so you said there were a lot of different prices, you know, for for different people at different models, essentially. Well, I mean, it's I very, it's very seldom. Way. It's it's very seldom that you walk out of a Calcutta, and you feel like we probably. I don't even remember what the number was, but we had like. Well, you should never feel like you're negative EV unless you. No, uh, I know. You, we were uh, like we were like misjudged the size of the pot and the pot growth. No, we were we were like, and when we leave those golf Calcuttas, our our expected ROI is very high what did okay, can i ask you a question really quickly what did you have the field priced at 20 like probably 4x 4x, 4X. What we what was so logan said he thought when at the end we talked about what the what the worst purchase was he said the field which right. you got for i think five thousand, and you had it at twenty thousand. so of course you're gonna have a huge roi that's what i'm like but a, the, a theoretical Will and i ROI. were talking about it after a huge theoretical roi but that wasn't that wasn't the only place it came out of, right? We had like we had we had probably eighteen percent ROI on ROM, 
we had like a 12% ROI on, on Rory, like from what you got him at, like, I'm just saying like, there are a bunch of prices where you feel like there's a pretty big, and I, and like, I've done a bunch of um, like NCA ones, Calcutta's and like, I'm never seeing that big of an ROI on any individual team typically. Right. Right. But you're also, how are you pricing the NCAA ones? I mean, so that's have, what I'm have, saying. That's why golf is. You have a different. Like, that's what golf is. That's what, golf what I'm is saying is that's why pricing. golf is interesting. You're it's not like doing, interesting. You're using that? Will's model, which isn't a market price. I'm using my model, which isn't. Well, my that's my point. Like it's it's just more interesting, and so that's why I'm not sure why you're feeling like we need to tweak this so much. Oh no, I th- I agree that it is interesting, but I I like I want to add more of essentially the the skill or game to the sort of bidding like, auction i guess process. what i'm saying is what i'm saying is like there's the model part right and so right. the only way to like tweak the model part is like to change the rules to make it like a teeny bit harder to model to maybe make some of the junk bets that are a little bit harder to model worth more and so maybe then you create like a even bigger disparity in pricing like so that's one way to tweak the model obviously but, i have nothing against that well, we can do that. I don't, but, I don't but, think there's any problem in that. I, I like, I think the problem that we have right now in the Calcutta is that a lot of the junk bets are just too hard to actually like track and root for at the time. It turned out this last Calcutta was pretty fun because we got to watch Bryson blow up and know that that was going to be high hole. Right. Yeah. And like the bogeys thing, people were like consistently texting each other on our on, on our Sunday. WhatsApp. But I mean, I don't think any, I think what happened was people looked on Sunday and saw their guys and was like, hey, does anybody have more bogeys than 14? No, no, yeah. And, um, and that's how we figured it out. Like nobody went through and counted everybody. I bogeys. guess the hole in one, one theoretically is fun because like once someone gets a hole in one, everyone knows. Mm-hmm. But then the Eagles one, I guess the Eagles one in this last one was pretty good just because there were so few Eagles. So well, we, we didn't have an Eagles one. It was, it was that the most hole in ones, if there was the no Eagles hole in one, what I was saying is like the whole, like, yeah, but you're right. There were, there were like, it feels like, like maybe seven or eight Eagles, the entire tournament. There were so few, Eagles. like, uh, unlike the masters where, you know, there were like, yeah. I mean, I think, I think honestly, mm-hmm. like if you want to really do something different for the British, I'm okay with that. We just need to start thinking and talking about it like a couple weeks in advance versus like thinking about it like the Sunday or Monday before we're about to do it. Because like you've seen what happens in those, when we change anything, it creates a huge amount of like, you know, chatter, conversation, like yawn is always like asking us to validate it like four times for him. And like, but, but that's changing. I I guess what I'm saying is like the changes I've kind of proposed have been, ones first off we're not changing the values of things so the modeling is the same it's just essentially the the auctioning and the the process of that so one suggest one idea i had was say that if someone bids if somebody wins a player they are no they're not allowed to bid on the next player and they don't know who the next player is so essentially it it, it creates a little bit of strategy in terms of knowing who's left and um and, and how much do you really like this guy enough to, that if, you know, if I, if I know there's like five golfers left and Rom's one of them, like, I'm going to be a little more careful. Um, I'm going to have to wait for a big EV. Um, I don't know. I mean, 
I just don't. Is... I like. I honestly think that the 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 actual auction and the bidding, and like for me when you know like you I've done the bidding for the last two right. Yeah. And you've yeah. seen like I have a very different style and how I do things and like. Well, what I is am... your style? Well, I I I I bid up a lot. Like I I jump bids a lot. I try to get it to where I think is a real value, and then I perennially bid on stuff way above our our market knowing that like that probably someone else will outbid me but it means that like at some point like people just can't keep bidding me because like at some point they're going to get stuck with them which happens a lot or there's sometimes been, you get like stuck i've too. gotten lucky I, I think there's, in the last what's, what's i think the, the, so so with calcutta's there is a bit of a collection act collective action problem in a way because everybody wants the price of someone they don't get to be as high as possible. Exactly. Right. But, you know, and everybody hopes that somebody else is the one to take the chance to bid this person up. Right. That's I mean, I take a lot of chances. Would you agree that I take a lot of chances as well? I think I'm the most aggressive bidder in there. I I always end up owning most of them. I bet you very seldomly go above your reservation price on. I have. No, I have. I I bet you very seldomly do. Okay. I'm not saying you don't do it. But Jeff, I think the difference is that my reservation price is fairly well known, or at least the ballpark of it is fairly well known to most people since, I mean, you, you versus, I had no idea going in the amount that anyone gives a shit about how much you influence the market. But my point though, is that going in, like you knew I was going to like Ram and Shoffley. Because you saw but where the market was. No, that whereas, has nothing. Rufus, I've well, done. No, whereas I didn't know if you actually liked ROM. Do you know what I mean? So you, What's I think that? that that's a nice. I think that's great. That's a that's an advantage you have, and it's a reason that I said I, I kind of in jest was like, let's do it a week early next time, um, or before there's a market up up. And but then, Rufus, like the you, the, your love of Shoffley and ROM has like nothing to like our knowledge of that has nothing to do with us looking at the market prices. Okay. Jeff, do you remember in 2019, the year Tiger won the masters, do you remember who my big fade was? Molinari and Shoffley. Right. And Shoffley. That's, I don't that always Rufus, love Shoffley. I don't always love Shoffley. You have loved Shoffley the last three Calcutta's we've done. I loved Patrick Reed last Calcutta too. And last week, I love Patrick Reed this week. I really I think, love Patrick I think, Reed. So I'm, I, I, I guess Will, I'm, but, I think you, Will is better at modeling golf for Calcutta's than you are. And I think that like the reality of touché. it is that, what's that? No, I said touche. And, and I think if you look at the disparity of the golf, like the difference of the types of golfers we've had in the three Calcutta's, like the first Calcutta, we had no one. You, we, you and I talked about it. You're like, how is this possible that he doesn't have any golfer more priced higher than this? That's just a bad model. And who did I didn't we say get it's this a bad time? model? Who did who did we get this time? The number one overall favorite. You got wrong. Which which we showed a huge amount of value in, even at the price we got him at. So I'm just I I, I what think was your you second highest? What's up? No, okay. I mean, and we should have gone Rory. Like... I was kind of a wuss on Rory because I was like. We already have Rom. I don't know if I want Rom and Rory. I was thinking about like just from a portfolio theory standpoint. And then I ended up bidding up to bidding up Cantley to like a price similar to what Rory was. And I was like, I kind of rather Rory than Cantley at this price. Did you so, did you get Cantley? I did. Okay. Yeah. 
one good thing is I did look afterwards. There were a bunch of guys that you got that I was like, you know, I stopped at like, you know, 6% ROI because I was like, I already own 200,000 of the pot. And, and at least those guys, none of them would have cashed. So I felt, I felt a little bit good because of that at the end. But well, but that's the thing, like, honestly, like that's part of this whole, like, like this art, right. Versus science, like, the ones that you choose to keep bidding on versus the ones you don't. And like, how do you create like, cause like all of these assets that you're buying are all correlated at some level. Right. So it's or, figuring well, out negatively like, correlated. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a correlation, but like, right. Mm-hmm. A correlation can be positive or negative. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So they're all correlated though, is my point. Right. It's not like, um, I mean, I think, are they, are they more correlated? Yeah, they're more correlated than the NCAA or than the NFL, right? I would say yes, just given the, well. Given the fact the, that all of the finishes are somewhat relative? Well, well, get, well, given the fact, the degree of correlation is going to have to do with the payout structure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, right, the payout, and the payout structure, structure here, to- like the top, the top, well, 50% of the Calcutta goes to the top three players, essentially. Right around 50%. Uh, to, uh, of which I had two of, so yeah. Right. No, it's it's why there is extraordinary variance. <laughs> you remember that, by the way, when I picked Jeff, can I ask English, you I was like, Rufus loves this guy. He goes, I don't love this guy. You got like offended by my me saying you like Harris Well, English. I said that afterwards. Yeah, I was just... Offended. But question, I wonder if you modeled out, at, af, like after the auction, if you had modeled out, like what was the median return for your, like was your essentially obviously your ROI was positive but was it according to your mo- according to Will's model of course but, Look, but what about our Will's actual model, ROI was that positive but, yes but according to Will's how about model, your actual ROI okay I, I love I'm trying to actually ask a question make a point here and you're just like yes you've had your victory lap you're the god of Calcutta. I'm just being you're the god of Calcutta's okay, I worship I'll stop, I'll at stop, your I'll altar stop, I'll stop okay I'll stop now what I'll stop so did you like if you had had an even money bet on whether you turn a profit in the Calcutta or not would you take it yeah of course i don't think i would have taken it because of the way the thing is structured you have to hit a top three essentially to like if you yeah i mean i have to i i would have to run the numbers but i i i would surmise that i probably have like a 40 percent chance of being positive on a given calcutta but when i'm positive i'm gonna be way positive that's fair. I mean, I understand what you're saying and you're probably right. It's a bunch of long shot bets. That's really what it is. It's a but I'm like a data-driven bets. guy and I've been in four, five Calcuttas in this bet the process stuff and I've ended up positive in four of them. It's true. So you, you, therefore, you're doing, you're doing great. You're going for I have the grand an 80% slam. chance of, so if I have a 50-50 bet that I have 80%, that's like 30% well, of EV. I right? think the NCAA tournament may be less so because that was less, the payouts were very much, it was each win got a certain amount. And so it was... I think a lot more um, independent. Yeah. Well, it, it was hard to win or lose a great amount there. Yeah. Well, we lost, we lost a fair amount. So I know it was the one, one I did well on. And, and uh, it was the one where like having the winner didn't actually pay that much. Which, um, what Calcutta have you enjoyed the most? Like from a beginning to end? The golf standpoint? ones for sure. I'm, not the master's one because I wasn't really prepared for that, but, but I'd say the PG. <laughs> Probably the PGA Championship or the um, or the US Open. So for the British, 
I assume you want to do a British Open, or are you done with Calcutta Snow? I'm going to be in Montana that week for this like, prof- like gambler ski trip. It, it, yeah, not actually a ski trip this year because, yeah. um, but um, which is British Open week. Um, I should be staying in a, a Airbnb with with Captain Jack and Spanky, so that should be fun. But um, so they can. Uh, so we'll we'll do it live from there. That would be fun. We could we could do that. Although there's like events in the evening, yeah. both of those nights. So I think well, one of maybe... them should be this event and we should get other people from that group to do but their already planned events and talks and stuff. It's going to be like, we do this late at night. Are there, did they do the talks at like 8 PM? Oh, well, no, then there's like the parties after the talks. So are you saying we're, you're not going to be part of the, no, I will. I will. But I, I was like wondering if maybe we can move the time around a little bit. I mean, we can do it based on what works for you. That week is well, probably Well, Jeff, Jeff can, can I just say that yeah, every, every Calcutta and every podcast is done based on your schedule, so. That's what, did I, or I said we can okay. do it that okay. week based Sweet. on what you, like, I think but Monday I think it would be, be fun to do it around that whole event because that's a great event, right? No, I agree. If we could get some people from that event to want to participate, that would be incredible. Well, so why don't you start doing it in advance and seeing if you can drum up interest in it? Good idea. Like what you need to start doing in life is actually preparing more, getting ahead of it. It isn't like when you work on your own schedule, which you have your whole life basically since college, Yep. you don't actually ever have to like prepare, communicate, like do things in advance. Well, the thing is the sporting events don't exactly like operate on my schedule. So I have to build my schedule, my schedule around them. But I need to check my phone to see if we're actually going to have a winning day in baseball today for the first time in like a month. What do you think? Uh, are, are you betting on these overs because the spin rate stuff? No, we're we're betting still mostly unders. Are you so, aware? Are you aware of the sticky substances? Well, so that might be ruining our model, which is based completely on a simulation. And if the simulation doesn't account for the sticky stuff, Ooh. then that might RPMs be the reason. Are down, that- Jeff. Offense is up. I know we bet a lot of overs early on. Lately, we've been on a fair amount of unders. Um, I don't know. It might be why we're losing. So I think the market, I, I would guess the market has gone for totals has gone up a bit, especially in the last few weeks. I don't know how much it's been. Well, that's probably why we're, that's stuff. probably why we're in unders. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not being facetious. If there is a no, there substance is. on, what's that? Sorry. There is a substance, you know, for sure. No, no, they've banned the, they're enforcing the, the foreign substance rule, essentially. They're checking, the umpires are checking pitchers between innings. I don't know if you saw Max Scherzer and I did Joe Girardi get into it yesterday. Mac, Max Scherzer decided to like strip on the mound because he got like checked five times. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that that, if you so look the, at pitchers, the, the historical, rates. what we're saying is the historical simulations then are wrong because they were based on balls with a foreign substance on them. They were now, based on pitchers. They were based on pitchers being able to throw at a high at higher RPMs, getting more. No, spin we should on be able. Pitches. Our model will be able to figure that out because we actually have spin rate in our model. Right. The so question spin is, are you are adjusting down to? No, no. Spin rates are down the last like week or two. And and even more so the last two days when enforcement began. Mm. So it's it's like this shock, like Garrett Cole spin rates, like just have, are falling off a cliff. Mm. You know, Garrett Cole, 
I don't know if you know this, when he was at the Pirates, he was like 25th percentile in spin rate. He goes to the Astros, he jumps up to like 89th, then up to like 95th percentile, and he becomes this dominant pitcher, and he's up there. And now, you know, it uh, makes you wonder a little bit, doesn't it? Are you saying the Astros may have cheated? Well, the Astros did have a lot of pitchers that had so high spin saying rates. You think they had their cheaters. spin rates jump? I, well, I'm not saying that. I think the Astros maybe they were teaching different something mechanically to help the pitchers' spin rates jump, but I, I don't know. But okay. they were doing something to help the pitchers' spin rates jump. Mm-hmm. I, who am I to speculate? What are, are you betting what? baseball this year? Not based on my own model. Are you, are you betting baseball this year? Yes, but I'm passively involved in it. I check like once a week. And so it's someone else's model? Yes. Hmm. How are you guys doing? Um, we are, we've clawed our way back from an early struggle. Um, we're, I think, negative 2% ROI. So the first so, so we're month and a half... We're, we're getting a lot of closing line value, though, so I'm, I'm trusting the process. The first month and a half of the season, we couldn't lose we're just killing it. And it got to the point where I was like, this is like, this model is insane. Like I probably need to like get a bunch of different accounts, move to Vegas, whatever it is. And like really go after this. And then from that moment where I had that, like, Oh, I really, this is like, this is real. This is good. We haven't, we've probably had three winning days Damn, it's- <laughs> and it's been, and it's been thank God for the Calcutta moments for me. Like I'm oh. like thank God for the Calcutta. And so, um, it's, a, it's, the, it's so today, the opposite for each today, of us. Hasn't today, it? like I just looked, we are guaranteed a winning day today. So that's good. If somehow San Diego is able to win by one and a half runs or more, then we'll have like a really nice day. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's great. I do think so. Over my dead body, well, guess, over my dead body, and over my decade betting baseball it feels like there are more swings than you would expect due to randomness. I had a year, I think it was 2012 where it might've been, it was 2010 or 2012 where we returned 22% over a two and a half month stretch in the season. Like literally it was, it was printing money. Like, I mean, our theoretical is like 3%. We're running like returning like 22%. You say it was literally printing money. I mean, that sounds like you were a counterfeiter then. Um, I mean, maybe that's why I returned to being a counterfeiter. Maybe that's why counterfeiter. Were you printing statute of limitations? Are you Satoshi? No. Kodaira. Uh, What do you think about the recent Bitcoin drop? I haven't really paid a ton of attention. What do you think about the recent Bitcoin drop? Uh, You know, I'm I'm set it and forget. Whatever. You're sitting there gaming your payouts of Bitcoin to me for the Calcutta based on the movements that you think Bitcoin's going. No, I just haven't touched my big, I haven't used my Bitcoin wallet since like January. Hmm. I mean, I have, we have, you know, my business partner and I have like our team, one that we use for transactions for betting and stuff. That's, and so I I let, you know, I let him deal with most of that, but got it. What was Um, he talking about? Baseball. Oh, but I do think there, so here's a question. Do you think that, I mean, I, I firmly, I think that there is more, well, do you think there's more variance in sports betting? Like if you have a quantitative model, then you would expect from like flipping a coin it, for, for, then you would expect if the events were independent. Um, 
I mean, yes, but I think that's probably like bias and anecdotal and it's like one of those emotional things, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and, and the thing with baseball to your point is it's every day, it's a long season. There's a fair amount of volume each day. And so like, you're going to be prone to like pretty big swings. Right. But my question is, right. But if you modeled it out, like stochastically and ran simulations and all that, is the variance you actually experience greater than the variance you'd expect to experience? Nerd. Nerd. Nerd, 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 Um, nerd, nerd. I mean, I would think it's about what you would expect, right? But I, I think like over the course of time, your your brain probably underestimates how much variance there really is in something like this. But the thing is, I still think like having bet other sports in golf, like I have a gazillion bets in golf every week. How many zeros are in a gazillion? I don't know. Although we hit the $2 million volume mark on golf betting last week for the first time for a for one tournament. So that was not, not including the Calcutta. Um, so that was, uh, that was a threshold we surpassed. So that was nice. But I think that, I think that there, there is correlation in a way because I might sound really dumb saying this, but if you have a model, essentially you are going to be wrong on, or or you're going to be high or low on the same teams or the same pitchers consistently, right? If you find some team overvalued, or we bet on, we bet on the same teams, like right now for like the giants, like I was almost going to tweet out at one point, I was like, Every day I bet on the Giants. Every day I lose. Sorry, every day I bet against the Giants. Every, every day, day I lose. lose. Right. So it's a, a bunch of bets that, yes, each every game. Every day I yes, bet on the Pirates. Each every day game, I lose. Like the now games I are independent the and the prices adjust. But but if you are consistently high, if you overestimate something or if you're accounting for something the market isn't, you will be yeah. doing that. Cons- you will be on or against a team consistently. And so it's essentially a bet on, you know, it's like if you bet on the Giants regular season win total under, right? Except it's, you know, it's 150 Just every different day it bets. gets rubbed in your face. Right. It's 150 different bets that are all based on that. 162. Right. I know. I'm, I was assuming that you like didn't bet absolutely every single day. I mean, I gave you 12 days. It's, so off. it's seeming like every day I've been betting against the Giants. So at least that's changed relative. We didn't bet against them today. That's good. Do you, if you have a team like that, do you look, do you sort of dive deeper and say, is there something I'm missing or is there something I, or do you just blindly go ahead and fire? Or do you say like, I need a bigger edge? You know, if I have a, I mean, honestly, I am so like a trust the process kind of person where my process is like, because I feel like if you start to it's overly deconstruct what you're doing. And I, I like, I know that this is like, I just think it's a slippery slope, right? I think, how do you, so, so when I've sort of improved, I feel like it's by looking at these things and seeing like, is, if, is there something I'm missing on a particular golfer? Like I freaking bet on Patrick Reed, Rogers, not Patrick Reed, Patrick Rogers, it seems like a ton. And Eric Van Royen, well, that's just because he's like the king of variants. So EVR, EVR. EVR. He's, EVR has not been positive EV for me though. But, is there so Rufus but, it, go, going back to the can I, finish, can I finish what I was saying there really quick? Sure. Like I was saying that that when there is somebody or a team or a player or something that I'm consistently higher in the market on, I think it's interesting to sort of dive into it and, and but you know, I mean this look at the that difference reason. is that you're like a legitimate real professional better these days. I am not like I'm just doing this as a hobby. You're using I, a legitimate model. 
Yeah, I know, but what and my so, point is, my point is like I'm not like I'm not worried enough about it that I want to spend time deconstructing it, and like I don't really have the time to do that. I think like from an intellectual intellectual curiosity standpoint, I think I would want to like dive more into things and like feel like see if there was something I was missing, right? Like I think I'm I'm always looking for biases and red flags. Like if I show if there's a tournament where I show value on all the underdogs and nobody at the top or if I show or vice versa, a bunch of value on all the favorites and nothing on any underdogs, I'll be like is there something wrong? Is there something I'm not picking up on? Or if there's a team that I'm always betting on or against, or like a ballpark where I show overs every, you know, every day, I'm like, there's probably something that is not correct that I'm missing in sort of the weather patterns and how it affects my model that I need to take a look at. And so, I mean, I think that's sort of, I don't know, for, for me, that's been a huge part of improving. And, and I actually, so I texted our good friend, um, Rob Pozzola last week, um, he's kind of dead to me because he doesn't do Calcutta's with us anymore. He's largely not allowed in the United States anymore. It's <laughs> worrisome. And he so, started his own podcast that he's never invited us on. It's true. Or maybe invited you on, but not me. He did not invite me yet, but, but I texted him and I, I, I had, I, I said, um, I asked him if he remembered the podcast about a year ago where he said, he mentioned that, you know, how, he, how he didn't understand, he didn't think John Rahm was elite and he didn't understand how, you know, how people did, or he, he basically, he alluded to me liking John Rahm a lot. And he was like, this is, you know, essentially this is where we differ. And I, I said, do you remember that? And he says, of course I do. And he, and he said, you know what? I actually learned a lot from that. Like I, it motivated, well, then I asked him if he thinks John Rahm's the best golfer in the world. This is before John Rahm won the uh, US Open actually too. This is after Thursday. And he said, he said that, um, that motivated, like he dug deeper into Rom to sort of see what he was missing on Rom, and and that's the way he, that's the way to improve its stuff, and and it was actually really beneficial for him. And I thought that was, I thought that was a really good point. Maybe he should actually get back into our golf golf cutters then. Maybe. I mean, I mean we well, so, we even he's invited. He knows that. So what do you? What is like for you going forward in the Calcuttas? And assuming we don't change anything really for the British, is there anything that you think that you'll do differently? Is so, like, what's up? I think, I think you, that's a good question. I think that sort of pot growth expectation model we had was was pretty pretty good. Um, and as it always, although is, you realize that there was a point where you and I agreed about twenty five percent into it, and we were off by like a hundred k. Well, the pot. But, but I thought, so I basically built something using imputed data golf numbers based on their projections to sort of have a proxy for what some other people would be using. Um, and although nobody used that, but Logan was the closest. Um, but, but Rufus, it, are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? Yes, like, I you am. Always, Wait, you I'm always say there. like, I'm getting, you always there, say Jeff. like the first golfer, you know what the pot's going to be, blah, blah, blah. There's no reason to like try to estimate it, you know, based on, well, you Jeff, said this a while Jeff, ago in the Calcutta's. Can you let me get there? So what I'm saying is that if, let's say I'm really high on some guy, like the first golfer, Victor Perez, let's say I was way higher than the market, then I'm going to, I'm going to show a pot size that's very different than what everybody else is going to be showing an imputed pot size. It's going to be very, very fragile to your value of that first golfer. You know, after you have a second golfer, you know, 
it's going to be entirely based on those two golfers. And if it, if the first two golfers happen to be like John Rahm and Xander Shoffley, I'm going to show a very different imputed pot size. Um, then, or if it was John Rahm and Rory McIlroy, you would show a very different imputed pot size than everybody else. Or if it was the freaking field, think about that. You would have showed a, a imputed pot size based on something being worth like four times as much as, as the, the market thought. Right. So, so my point of this was sort of a sanity check on market numbers. So my point is that like 25% in 25% into the Calcutta, you and I had in, what do you say? An imputed, I don't even know what that word means. Imputed like pot I would size. say applied pot size. I would say implied. implied. Pot size. I don't Sorry. Know yeah, no, implied. Means. You're right. Implied is the right word, not imputed. Okay. So an implied pot size of like, I think we both said like 850 or something like that, right? 875, I think. Yeah, yeah. 870 something, right? Yeah, so it ended up being- And then we were, so we had- a fair amount of data at that point. We've always felt like at that, like we have a fairly good idea of what the pot size is, but we're off. And that's like primarily the reason that like I was, I felt like, like Rory was such a good buy was because I had the pot size wrong when Rory came up. But I think the thing is the pot is going to continue to grow. I mean, the, the implied pot size will continue to grow because the person that buys each each um, golfer is the person that has the highest market value for that golfer. And it's going to be at the price of the second high, essentially the second highest bidders like reservation price, right? In an auction, the price paid is no, nobody's going to outbid themselves. Like it, but every, but Rufus, every time I buy a golfer, okay. My implied pot size is probably going to go down. Right, because, because I got a you bargain bought the golfer on because you got you right. think you got a good deal, but everybody right. else's it's probably going to go up. And so overall, if you took ev- if you took the like the group of, of of the whole everybody bidding the whole Calcutta squad, you know, on average after each after each golfer is auctioned, the pot size is going to go up, the implied pot size. And I've modeled this out based on all of our Calcutta so far. And it's been a pretty universal truth. And it's been basically the same pattern, which allows me to say, well, so, I can so take like something what you're that would be negative that... EV. I could take something that would be negative EV early on, you know, early on. And I know it's going to be positive EV. And like later on, you should be much more. Well, it's still going to grow, be much but just not sh- as much. It's, it's stable. It's, it's mostly no, but stable. Like, it's I mean, like what, you're, what you're saying, which is interesting, which I very ra- is... rarely say about anything you say is that the, the pot, the pots. Come on, that was kind of. No, I talked about this back after our first Calcutta. But yeah. Uh, okay. I but mean, no, continue. I mean, You're saying what I'm saying is, I'm getting the translation. Oftentimes, the translation is easier to understand than the original. No, it's true. That's why. Yeah. What you're saying is like early on, you can be much more aggressive in your bidding to your reservation price because theoretically, from what you're saying the pot is more likely the implied pot or the actual pot is more likely to be higher than the implied pot at that moment. So if you have small edge at the implied pot, it's likely to be larger edge by the end. Because if you think about it, unless you're going to be buying the majority of the, of the items up for auction, right? Because contingent on somebody else paying more than your reservation price, it should be going up. Right? Does that make any sense? 
The yeah, fact that you didn't buy it. a team or buy a golfer means that it, if you're acting rationally, I guess, or, you know, it means that they value that team more than you did. Okay. So you're, so you're the, the long and short of all of this, right? Is this that, is why I love Calcutta's man. <laughs> the, the long and short of all of this Rufus is that it is that, do you feel like, and did you do this in this last, this last one where you were more aggressive earlier in your bidding? I've been pretty aggressive early in general, but then, but at the same time, I've been worried that like, I've been worried that I'm going to own the, if I, if I like buy the first three golfers, I'm somehow worried that I'm going to end up owning the whole pot. So I've been, I've been, I've been a little too cautious to be honest. I think, I think you were in this last Calcutta. I was I think, more cautious. I, yeah. I think everything you've told me about it, your mistake was that you were way too cautious, right? You let me, I let you take get, long. you, well, you let me get a fair amount of guys that may or not, may not have ended up positive EV or positive. Yeah. Positive EV, but like, you know, you're right. There were, there were a lot of guys that I didn't own that were positive EV. And it's like, if I had gotten everybody that was positive EV, I would have owned the majority of the Calcutta. And so it was sort of, I mean, maybe I just need a bigger consortium and then just like, well, I mean, how much bigger consortium can you have? Otherwise you are going to own half of the pot. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but I came in, like I, I was, I don't know. I never intend on owning like 25% of the whole, like I never intend on spending 200,000 on golfers. It just happens to have, it just happens because I bid fairly aggressively up to my, my value on guys for the most part, especially earlier on. Okay. So the, the original question was, was oh, what would I change? What are you going to, is there anything you're going to try to do differently going into the British? So in terms of results, so I, th I think, so my process wasn't great um, at the masters Calcutta. Just because I my spreadsheet didn't have wasn't a model working. that worked, right? My spreadsheet broke, and so I was kind of flying blind. Um, so maybe what you'll do for the British is have a working spreadsheet. Well, I, I did that for the last two, and it didn't seem to help. But I, I think um, I, I do think I'm not going to overreact to the results. I mean, I know we talked before, like I, I basically said before, like learning when you're off, like or you know, learning from that is is hugely important. But I think in this case. Um, I looked and based essentially based on the payout structure, um, it is, you know, it's like betting on top fives, right? And I have a gazillion losing weeks betting on top fives for, for golf. Like, and I have a few winning weeks that make up for it. And I think, um, you know, I, I generally think that you're going to see in these Calcuttas, you're going to see a few people win the majority of the pot and most people lose. I think that's just the way based on, based on the payout structure. If, you know, if you paid out the top 30 guys and did it in a way that like everybody in the top 30, got paid the same percentage, then it would be very different. But, but because of how sort of stratified the payouts are. Um, so, yeah. I mean, is your, so, so is I'm, your I'm desire not... for the British to, to further like distribute the winnings across the top, say we talked about 15, but maybe we go to the top 20 golfers. I'm okay with the variance though. I mean, okay. it's, you know, it's, it's just as likely to help me as it is to hurt me. I mean, it's fun. It's it, a fun thing to root for. It is. And, and now, you know, if we, if we go to the, just like the top 20, I'm sure I'll end up with like the first third and fourth and be like, shit, why did we do that? It's like, whenever I, 
you know, yeah. Whenever I sell Bitcoin and then it goes up, whenever I buy it, it goes down, right? I mean, Bitcoin, you could say that about no matter what, right? It's always, it's, it's just been my luck with like transactions with, uh, how about, how about this? This is a very, this is a very niche concept or question, right? If you settle things in Bitcoin, right? What's the preferred way to do the settlement? Like to how to like agree on dollars. a price. What's Most up? things are settled in dollars and you, you establish like, and it's the price of Bitcoin when you sent it or the price yeah. of Bitcoin. To me, dollars. it seems that simple, but like everyone always wants to like do agree on a bit stamp. And like, it's like, I don't really understand the overcomplication of that. Like, well, I'm like, I just sent a, sent a screenshot of what the, of your transaction sending it. And it shows what the equivalent is. And yeah, they know you're not, you know, fucking over trying to free roll yourself. Like, like your crew is doing to me right now. Hey, we're one of the people doesn't have internet. He's just somewhere in the woods and getting his internet. He said he'd be back to internet on Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, Rufus. Did he say Wednesday or Thursday? He said, he, he messaged me today saying, uh, where was the message? He says, yes, as soon as I get this internet working at my new place. So. He doesn't have a phone. He has I'm a phone because he's on WhatsApp, but I don't know. This is. All right, let's do, let's do. So can, um, I, can I ask you a question, Jeff? What, sure. it, what do you think was, what, what do you think I could improve about my process? Um, it's a, it's a good question, right? Because ultimately I, th I think your bidding could be better. I think you could, I think you have a, and I'm, I, I'm going to give this away to you because I'd like to see you not lose your entire net worth on Calcutta's. Hey, the, the good news is that I've won betting in no all cares, these majors. So. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So the I have the money pay to attention is the Calcutta. No one cares. Everyone thinks you're a losing golf better right exactly. now. Exactly. So, um, if anybody wants to bet with you, me, have very, let me know. you have a very, you have, you have a pretty predictable, consistent way of bidding. And I very seldomly worry that I can't predict what you're going to bid on and what you're not going to bid on based on my increments and stuff like that. Based on your increments, based on what's up. No, I change it up sometimes. And sometimes I wait till everybody else is there. It looks like it's about to be sold. Rufus, and then I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what I, what okay. I, what Sorry, I, 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 what I didn't mean to be I'm giving you, I'm giving you my point of view on what you can improve. Right. Sorry. I didn't mean to be defensive. Continue. No, no, I'm not. You asked me a question and I'm no, telling no, no, you like yeah. where I think you like, and um, obviously like we do know a fair amount about what you like based on what you have historically liked. Right, like well, I don't that's not the really only reason, believe. Let's be honest. What's that? That's not the only reason, you know. It, honestly, like Rufus, I'm not like, like the the guy that knows exactly what you're on, like also lost a fair amount, right? Like it's like there's like there's there's like a, but like you're overvaluing your. I know, like you like to talk about how much impact you have on the worldwide golf market. Like I you like to, you're the one that actually likes to say. I that. also do, yeah, but I don't think that's the reason you've lost. No, that's know, not the reason I lost. Of right. course, that isn't the reason I lost. But like you, but, but I will say like, it is a reason. Like that's it's a reason like that that's I a big can't, handicap. I can't disguise things as well. 
It's like I'm Tom Brady in public or something. Shit, that's not a good metaphor to make. But like, you know, I can't pretend. You just called yourself Tom Brady. Hey, you just did. No, you did. You said it's like I'm Tom Brady in public. Right. Like so you literally. I used a simile. I used a simile. I used. It was a comparison. Are you sure that's not a metaphor? It wasn't a metaphor. Like, like or as. Those are similes. Mm-hmm. But, but the point is that I couldn't fake not being interested in John Rom. Well, you you did actually act like it because you let me get him for way up, probably under what your model said he would be. Yeah, I mean, I would have I I, I would have gone four thousand higher probably, but I was like, do I really want? Part part of me was then like, do I want an eight percent ROI or a ten percent ROI in ROM when I have in outrights like you know greater ROIs there. Well, so then you shouldn't that, care at the end of the, the day question, when right? you lose and you shouldn't send me like a sad text message being like, I'm winning so much in golf, but I lose in these Calcuttas and it makes me feel hollow inside. Oh, dude. I, I, well, it's because it's Eli. like you want to, it's the competition for like the Calcutta sweat is so much, it's so much more of a sweat than it is the betting, even like despite well, like the money you, being so it's different. It's like when you used to be on ESPN and you used to care about the bets that you talked about on television as much, if not more than you cared about anything you had real money on. Right. The public sweats real. The public, but it isn't just the public. I mean, like how many people actually watch the Calcutta stream? Like 40 people. It's more about, I mean, or people follow on Twitter, probably a lot more than that, but still like it is. I don't think people, I don't, I don't think it's so one of it's, it's against your peers. you know, it's, it's like me playing golf against my brother for the Peabody cup and he's up five and like, the last our last round out there he uh i had a three-stroke lead with five holes to go and he comes back and he shoots one under the last five and wins all five of those holes and i was like i that was like tilting like i was like you know there wasn't any money on the line but it was it i cared so much about that yeah it's not always about the money it isn't always about the money um money 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 i forgot what i was gonna say Oh, one of the things that I thought was would be interesting, right, is to offer a product that is buying into whichever Calcutta team's model, like whatever Calcutta team that you want, and then you end up owning a share Ooh. of that. And so, like a, I mean, we all have LPs in our Calcuttas, right? And those LPs like when I talk to them, especially the ones that are in mine, they're not big sports better. They're, they're very happy being in but, yours. Yeah, but but they love, they, they think they it's- They love just, the sweat. The, yeah, and they love being like, they love seeing who he got and like they watch the live stream. And so I like, I wonder if this is like the, you can pick your best, your favorite fund manager. And then over the course of the weekend, you can see how it plays out. And it's like, it's pretty, it's a pretty fascinating idea. Yeah, I mean- I, I don't know how you could legally create something like that, but you could yeah, be, you could ask people to. No, I but mean, I, I agree. I, I think that would be a way get of getting all practical and logistics on me. Like that's that's not my specialty. I'm a big picture kind of. Guy. I'm gonna be honest though. I, I think Calcutta's are fantastic, despite my poor track record in them. I freaking love them. Yeah. Okay. Last um, thing we're gonna talk about. We have five minutes and, to talk about we our need Vegas to do, trip. We we need to do an NFL Calcutta an entire season thing where it's okay. like that's what cheetah was wins, asking me if we were you get things do that. for the division you get things for the conference etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. cheetah was asking me if we we're going to do that we can do we that. have to that'll be amazing for sure 
Yeah, it'll be fun. We should okay. do it earlier rather than later before the. Well, I guess there is markets up right now. Never mind. No, nobody cares. You gotta stop. Like nobody cares about this whole thing. Let's we do it right before the season starts. But people, but Jeff, you remember the playoff Calcutta and the NCAA Calcutta where everybody had no, essentially the same model. Oh, the the NFL one where where Cheat and I won the whole thing yeah. pretty much. Or the NCAA one where where we won nothing. Yeah, and I won. But those we basically everybody had the same valuations. They're very close, except you. In which one? In the Kansas City Chiefs, when you had them at like 60% to win the Super Bowl going into the playoffs. Hey, you were right. What can I say? But by no, point, I wasn't right. They didn't win the Super Bowl. You did say, okay, you, you yourself said in this on this show 40 minutes ago that golf is interesting because we all have different models and we, all have, and we have such a wide range of values on the golfers. And so if we could create a way where we have a wider range of values on the items up for auction the nfl one i think would be more fun that's my only point okay let's do it for the nfl okay. all right last thing for five minutes let's talk about our vegas trip and let's talk about planning your bachelor party and how we're going to do a lucky winner of the lucky listener that gets to come to rufus's bachelor party okay although so what was Jeff, what this was isn't the actually the bachelor party but it's it's technically a like combined no no, no. we're doing a separate bachelor party that's in vegas saying. Well, we'll figure it out. Okay. We're going to plan it. We're going to figure it out. So what was your highlight, the highlight of our most recent Vegas trip? Ooh, that's a really good question. It is so hard to choose. Um, it's like choosing your favorite child, James. I, f- I feel like f- favorite child might be easier. Like there you were, don't have one? there were you know? like the dinners, like, okay. Um, Major Doma was a huge highlight, obviously. Yeah, it was fun. Always. But like Chainsmokers put on a fantastic show. Yeah. It was and pretty playing amazing. like and like the first night, um, oh, we, we were like playing blackjack in the palazzo with um some of the people I won't implicate them, but um was it was we we, we were having a fantastic time. I know you're not allowed with, to like people from our so crew? Yeah, yeah. After club or no, before no, before club? before club. And then we were like, oh shit, it's like 12.30 and we texted you and you were like, you were already over at Omnia. Oh, I don't remember that. You're not oh, allowed so to you guys blackjack. left dinner and went and played blackjack and then got caught up playing blackjack there and then came to meet us at the club. Yeah. We went to Omnia to see Steve Aoki. Yeah. yeah, he was good. He likes throwing shirts. I mean, he's just a good entertainer. He is. He's very good. Um, and... And obviously, Wet Republic was awesome too. Like it was, yeah. Golf, two nightclubs, a day club, two. Seeing amazing my dinners. buddy Neil shoot champagne out of a tank at Wet Republic. I have a video of it. It's yeah, yeah. Or he was um, he, he was he was shot. What's that? Did he shoot? He was shot. He was in. That's weird. Why do they shoot the person in the tank? It doesn't make actually. When I think about it, it doesn't make that much sense. I mean, there's a lot of these things that don't really make sense. No, they don't. But they don't need to. Um, what was your favorite moment? I think it was winning that bet. So I'll I'll explain this bet, um, and then we can we can sign off because it's now we're just like talking nonsense. But there was a bunch of us in Vegas. We were doing our first real guys trip. You know, and and we kind of knew that at the beginning of June that Vegas was really opening up. It was the first weekend that they had DJs at clubs and at pool parties and things like that. So 
we've been planning this for a while, right? And we were like, this is gonna happen. So we go out there. And so Friday night, so we we golfed first, right? We played Las Vegas Country Club because Wynn wasn't open and it was wonderful. It was 160, 106 degrees, it was really hot. And then um, we went uh, back and hung out and just chilled. And then we went to go play craps before dinner. And there was probably about 15 of us around a craps table. We was basically like all of our crew, we were all around the table, you and all your boys around the craps table is like one of the most fun experiences. And the dealers keep telling me that I need to bet the features. And the features are a bet that a two, three, four, five, or six will get rolled before any seven an eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 get rolled before any seven, or a two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 get rolled before any seven. And all if, you of bet the, all if you bet the low, right, or the all small, that's 35 to one. If you bet the, or 31 to one, I think, I can't remember what the number is. And then if you bet the tall, that's another 31 to one. And then if you bet the all, that's 175 to one, right? And so we're sitting there and the table's pretty good. We're winning, like not amazing, but we're winning and we're doing fine. And the dealer says to me, she says, you should bet the features. And she's been saying this to me the whole time. And I'm like, no, it's the dumbest bet in the world. The true odds of it are X and like, this is like a dumb bet. And then finally she gets to my buddy, Jesse, and he's like, you know, kind of like a friend of me to me. Like, I love the guy, but like, he's kind of like the guy that like, if if I were ever going to bet, don't pass on someone, it'd be Jesse, just because it'd be funny, right? And so Jesse bets, uh, so Jesse gets the dice and they go, oh, your buddy has the dice. You should definitely bet the the features. I'm like, fine. And they're like, just put, just put $5 on it. Just put $25 on it. I'm like, no, if I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet $100. So bet $100 on each feature. And remember what happens is, we looked down after he's been rolling for a little bit and every number had been rolled without a seven being rolled except a six and a 12. So I'm like, oh, all I need is a six and a 12. And I like, kind of like look at the dealer. I'm like, we, we, this is getting exciting, right? The next number he rolls is a six. So I get paid that. I'm excited, I'm happy. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I bet this, like blah, blah, blah. And literally the next number he rolls is the 12. So, in that time frame, I won a reasonable amount of money. And I ran across the floor and the, the pit, jumped over a velvet rope and came back. And I don't remember saying this. And this is like the biggest douchebag comment of my life. I mean, I probably had a lot of them. And I, and I guess I said to one of the dealers, they don't make movies about losers and they just called it a day. Oh, damn. I, I wish I was there for that. Yeah, I don't remember saying that. It's certainly not my proudest moment in life, but like- I mean, um, you seem to be proud in retelling it. Well, it's just funny because like to think about how douchey a moment for me that was and all the douchey moments I've had in my life, it was it was probably kind of funny at some level too, right? Yeah. It's just like saying, like after every Calcutta, they don't make they don't make movies about losers. You no. should just say that after every winning bet. <laughs> There's not that many of them these days. 
Um, I pretty much think that I've guaranteed myself a loss in the British Open Calcutta with all the lack of hubris I've showed or the amount of hubris I showed. I always forget which one hubris is. I don't know. Isn't it, wasn't that like a coach of like the Memphis Grizzlies back in the day? Hubris Brown. Brown. Hubris Brown. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was the uh, guy that played at um, UNC, the shooting guard. What'd you say? Sometimes you get, you, my, my computer just makes random sounds. I think this was just me not knowing who that is. Hubie, Hubie, oh, Hubert Davis. Forte? No. Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis. Yeah. Uh, anyways, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. This was meandering. Rufus and I just wanted to get back to doing a little bit of podcasting. Um, we wanted to see if anyone cared. If you guys like this podcast, um, say something on Twitter. If we you, are friends be nice to us be like nice maybe us. like maybe don't, don't be mean pod- to jeff maybe rate our podcast as like a reasonable podcast because the ratings have gone so downhill because of the empire maker fiasco oh god yeah do we never get we those ratings like four, we used to have a four and a half star podcast and now we like have barely a three star podcast we, we didn't get those ratings removed um i like because there's like some people and yeah he literally just s- didn't paid people it. for yeah okay but we didn't, we didn't care enough to, but yeah. Um, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. If you made it to this point, hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you are really legitimately interested in coming to Rufus's bachelor party, reach out to us on Twitter. And if there's enough demand, we will figure out a fun contest to see where one random listener gets to come to Rufus's bachelor party. And with that, we're out. And, and with that also, I just want to say, Jeff never cleared this new before, but I'm down. <laughs> Okay, thanks guys. Watching all the numbers in the simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down, it seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are about to end just running off a of Reddit.